When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles, IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser, the official beer of the Philly sports fan. It has finally arrived. We've been waiting patiently for a good couple of months. I would say we turned our attention to what are the Eagles going to do in the NFL draft? Well, prior to today, they made a big deal with the New Orleans Saints to decrease their number of first round picks from three to two. But a two, that's still plenty to talk about. And we'll talk about it leading up to tonight's draft for the next two hours right here. I'm Birch 365, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, hanging with you guys. J-Mac, you will get in your car at some point and drive over to the NovaCare complex. You haven't done that in a while, have you? Uh, last time, I guess, was for Kaiser White, so not too long ago. But yeah, uh, first time for a while with the draft and obviously post-pandemic. Not quite back to normal. They're not going to let us watch the draft on the big screen in the auditorium, but they are going to let us talk to Howie Roseman in the auditorium so we're getting closer we're going to be we're going to be uh shuttled off to the media house to watch the draft but uh it's better than nothing we're getting a little bit closer i'm more excited about um we're 12 hours away a little bit underneath i'm going to go to draftcountdown.com right now 11 hours 57 minutes uh 31 seconds jody so we're finally here boy i gotta tell you Man, you know, we do this show every day. You're on the air other places all the time. This is, and you've been covering the draft for a long, long time, back to the Radio City days. This is one, of, I've been covering this draft for a long time. I, I've rarely seen this much uncertainty at the top of the draft. It really is a crazy year. I go back to the Felt Forum days. Yeah, which is where they that? had it before they moved it over to Radio City Music Hall. Which, if you're taking a train or a subway, that's quite convenient. The oh, yeah. Subway, subway lets out right below the draft. Yeah. All you got to do is take an escalator well, up. Penn Station in. action. Uh, but, yeah, the Felt Forum. I remember the NBA draft at the Felt Forum. So, uh, 
what's it called now? The garden, the theater at Madison Square Garden. I yeah, think it's called right. now. Yeah, um, but yeah, I miss. Oh, by I, the way, I haven't been in it since. I did an NFL draft. <laughs> I had been in it previously for some concert shows. It's a nice little room. You got the garden upstairs, uh, 18, 19,000, whatever it is. And then for a, a nice little 1,500, 2,000 person, they put shows downstairs. And I've been in there for concerts. Yeah, not since I moved the draft there. When they when they went up to Radio City, I said I'm not setting foot in the. I, I, by the way, I miss uh, Radio City Music Hall. I thought that was a lot of fun when the draft was there. Obviously, everything's about money. They're able to take it on the road and turn it into this big extravaganza. But I got to admit, I miss the days of, of of Radio City Music Hall. It was fun when it was here in Philadelphia on the Parkway, though. So I, you know there's some give and take and and it's nice that other cities can get involved, but I miss radio city, Jody. Speaking of which on the location tonight is going to be a big, it's scheduled to be a big experience, a big extravaganza in Las Vegas. Uh Oh, there are weather issues. I turn on NFL network this morning. The entire city of Las Vegas is under some kind of weather watch expected high winds in excess of 20 miles an hour as you can probably guess oh, it's basically draft- my house you know it's, it's always 22 miles it's blowing again here so yeah uh, they'll, they'll, they'll make do they'll make do but it is Jack- strange you don't think about weather typically as being a problem in las vegas but hey anything can happen uh, weather not shouldn't be an issue for the nfl draft but it is because they are planning to have it outdoors. Now, undercover, but outdoors. And as of right now, they're putting contingency plans in place if they have to move it indoors, because as of right now, it's going to be a problem for the draft tonight. It's a draft. This is not a game. There are no footballs going to be flying around. If there are, they're not supposed to be. Um, But it's amazing that uh, we're dealing with weather issues on an NFL draft night. And yes, it's going to go off at 5 o'clock Vegas time, which means 8 o'clock our time. And here comes the old East Coast unofficial bias that I am going to complain about. <laughs> There's 10 minutes between picks. I remember, again, at the Felt Forum 15. and or Radio yeah. City Music Hall, always 15 minutes between yeah. picks. And yeah. the first round could literally take sneaking up on seven hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this way that it's scheduled 10 minutes per pick, you got 32 picks. That's over five. And oh, by the way, if they start at eight, it's not finishing till one o'clock in the morning, East Coast. And I know they have to do it for West Coast purposes. They want to get all their fans in, let them be home from work at least around five o'clock to be able to sit down and watch. They can't start this thing till eight o'clock, Johnny Mac. Uh, you're preaching to the choir here. I say it about games, playoff games, any sport. I, I mean, you should start that thing at seven o'clock as as early as possible on prime time in the East Coast. And uh, but you know, TV runs the world, Jody. And and you know, they you're right. They want as many people home as possible. And on the West Coast, that's going to be five o'clock, so it's eight o'clock here. Um, they run they run everything, Jody. Television runs everything. And even you, you talk about the 10 minutes before the pick. Now, in a typical year like last year, this year's a little bit different. But Jacksonville still knows who they're going to pick. All this nonsense about they don't know who they're going to pick. They know who they're going to pick. They certainly knew who they were going to pick last year. 
Well, you know, it's a TV vehicle, so they tell them, you know, wink, wink, take a little time off the clock. They don't want to go up there nine nine and say nine fifty nine and say Trevor Lawrence. No, they want to build it up. They want to set the draft. They want to set the stage. TV runs everything, Jody McDonald, in this country. Everything. It's certainly the big uh, dog in the room. Nobody argues that, and it will be on not one, not two, three television networks tonight. You have your preference between ESPN and the NFL Network. If you want to know the backstories, the lead-ins to the draft. Human interest stuff. ABC, yeah. Yeah. Human Uh, interest, ABC. Don't don't know. I don't even know if I'll hit the DVR button for that. Uh, No, I will be uh, zoomed in. And, oh, by the way, for us here in Philadelphia, the Sixers will be playing at the same exact time, which is going to be a major pain in the rear end. But let, let us zoom in on the Philadelphia Eagles. As of right now, they have the 15th and 18th pick in the draft. If it goes 10 minutes per pick, the Eagles will not be selecting till after 10 o'clock tonight, maybe close to 11 o'clock. If they move up, it'll be earlier. If they move back, it'll be later, as a matter of fact. And the talk over the last 24, 48 hours is, they are more likely, if they're going to move, to move up than move back. How high is high, Johnny Mac? How how early do you think we can get that first Eagle pick in tonight? Well, they, you know, this is one of the things where I don't think it's good. I'm thrilled that we have this uh, platform here on Birds 365 and Jacob Media. But, you know, if if I wasn't on the air every day, I would have shut this nonsense down a couple days ago because all you have is this constant rumors and constant, oh, the Eagles are looking to trade up for Jamison Williams. Oh, the Eagles are looking to trade up for Derek Stingley. They're looking to trade up for this, for that, for that. What I can tell you about the Eagles, here's the part I found most interesting for this reason. The New York Giants are now kind of floating out there that they might take Jamison Williams at number seven overall, which would, you know, be a shock. I I think it's, you know, more subterfuge than anything else. But who's in New York? And what have we been talking about in this lead up to the draft? Brandon Brown. You know, Brandon Brown knows who the Eagles like. You know, they could say things change. They certainly change. But he's got a good beat on who they like and who they don't like. So maybe he's trying to to leverage the Eagles and to go up really high for that type of player. You know, so maybe that's a little bit interesting. But I I will say to me, if they're going to go up into the top 10, into the top 10, I think it would be for edge rusher or corner. Um, I I just do. And I'm not going to waver from that uh, if it's a, targeted trade up i think as i said pretty consistently it's going to be jordan davis couple spots you know you might have to get ahead of baltimore um to get him um so those are your options and i and i start to think at corner and i say to myself well if you're if you're going to play as much zone covers as they did last year why do you why do you need to bother to go up and get uh derek stingley or ahmed gardner um you know, if you can get Andrew Booth down later in the draft or Trent McDuffie, I don't think there's that big of a uh, uh, a chasm between those tiers, especially when you're going to play a lot of zone. But if they don't want to play a lot of zone, if they only played a lot of zone because they were forced to play a lot of zone, maybe they want that type of difference-making player. And 
then I start to rewind to last year. I think a lot of people don't realize the Eagles had five players they were targeting at 12. And, and I say number one was, was Kyle Pitts, and that was ludicrous. He was never going to fall that far. Um, the others were, were Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith at receiver, and J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan at corner. And of that four, if you would ask me who they would have taken first, it would have been Horn. Who they would have taken second, it would have been Sertan. And then Waddle, and then Smith was the last one. Um, so they wanted a corner for a while, and they would have taken uh, Horner Sertan last year if, if they if they got to him. So maybe there is something to that. Um, if one of the two Stingley, you know, Stingley might go three overall now. People talking about that with the Texans. Um, if Gardner falls past the Jets at four, you could see a little slip probably to nine with Seattle. Um, if those guys start to fall to the back end of the top 10, Howie Roseman has told us consistently behind the scenes, look, you guys know I'm aggressive. Um, if, if they have a targeted player they want, they'll go up and get him. And he has shown that with Demonte last year. He's shown it with Andre Dillard. He's shown it with Fletcher Cox recently going up to get particular players that they like, especially if that's the last player they have in a tier, like it was last year with Devontae Smith. So um, I, I think if they're going to go up in the top 10, it's cornerback or edge rusher. It's not wide receiver, but that's just my feeling. And you, the point you made about if they're going to play a lot of zone, do they really need to use the assets to move up to get a guy who's – uh, a notch above the other cornerbacks who has man-to-man skills, who can get out there and play on an island, who can get up and bump a guy and take him off a route. They didn't do a ton of that last year. I'm hoping it was more out of necessity than Jonathan Gannon's ingrained belief as to what is the best defense you can run out there. We don't really know because the, they, they did have. And, you know, I was a Stephen Nelson guy. I kind of bummed that he went elsewhere this year. I thought he did a representative job and it was the uh defensive coordinator's choice to play as much zone as he did i think if they'd put him on an island he would have been okay um but that's water under the bridge now because nelson is gone who's going to be that other cornerback i hope it's a guy that they have faith in that you can go mano a mano and you can bring an extra guy to the pass rush and that you're going to try you're not just going to allow quick hitters out of the backfield 80 percent passing completions how many weeks in a row did they do that three yeah, or four too many too yeah. many Ugh. ridiculous Ugh. why because they're playing off because they're playing zone and the quarterback said all right i'll get it immediately out of my hand we'll just chunk you all the way down the field i hope that's not i i hope it was out of necessity rather than uh their way of living um if they move <laughs> up for a corner it's either stingley or sauce gardner if the price is not prohibitive that it's going great and what we've seen uh, the charge to move up in a draft. I'm completely fine with that. Even though, you know, you've heard me whine and moan about the fact that they need to get an edge pass rusher in this draft, that if we see too much Derek Barnett again this year, I'm going to pull the little hair that I have left right out of my head. If it's a cornerback is the big play and it's one of the top two guys and they're going to change their on-field defensive strategy because of it, and we'll see a more aggressive Eagle defense this upcoming year. Perfectly fine with it. 
Well, and I would say to your Ed Rush, Ed's Rusher point, that would be the second part of it. It would be Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, if they're comfortable with his issues, whatever they are, because I haven't heard them, uh, other than he believes in himself. Um, and and Jermaine Johnson would be the two guys, because obviously you're not going to be able to get Hutchinson or, or Walker. So, um if those guys start to fall to the back end of the top 10, I think they could potentially make a move for them as well. Um, I'm not buying the Jameson Williams stuff. I think they like him. I think he's the number one receiver on their board. It's really tough to just, you know, you, you, you can say, and I talk about back vacuums all the time, Jody, uh, you probably get sick of me saying it, but you can say all this stuff all you want to in, in, in practicality and say, well, you can't worry about last year. And I agree with that, but you're going to get a top 10 pick at wide receiver last year. You're going to go up and get a top 10 pick and you don't have a dynamic thrower of the football right now. It doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, now, if it falls to you, and you don't have to give up the other parts of the equation, and you could still fill some of these other needs later in the draft, yeah, that's fine. I think, you know, they stay at 15 and 18. I think one of those picks is going to be a receiver. Um, but I'm not going to go up and get a receiver in the, in, in, in the third year consecutively, and really the fourth consecutive year you used a premium pick on a wide receiver. Yeah, see, I'm okay with the philosophy of uh, going hot and heavy after a wide receiver because you do have to break them down individual individual years. JJR saying a white side, now a tight end. Okay, we'll see about that. Jalen Rager, damn close to a bust. Yeah, he gets one more year. We'll see if he just comes in and wows the snot out of everybody this year. I'd bet good money against it. Then you got Devontae White and whatever wide receiver you're going to take this year. You're one year into Devontae White, and you got five more years with the, whoever the wide receiver is. The fact that Jalen Hurts isn't a dynamic passer or wasn't a dynamic passer last year, crossing your fingers and hoping and praying that there's an improved Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts coming in this year. You don't know that. But next year, then you're banking on finding that dynamic passer down the field. Can't not the – you're sounding like the Eagle fans, John. Not ready yet. We're not ready to get yeah. that star wide well, receiver because I, we don't have the quarterback to get him the football. You can't play the we're not ready game. Now, that, for me, it's not to that degree. I hear what you're saying. I'm just not trading up. I expect to get a receiver if I stay put at 15, but I'm not going up in the top 10 to get a receiver again. I'm 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 not going that route because I need too many other things. Remember, too many in 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 too many years we don't even know uh, what would have happened if the Eagles hit on Jalen Rager, if the Eagles hit on on JJ Arthega Whiteside. All all I know is Demonte Smith wouldn't be here, um, and that's bad. People love him, but they would have gotten a different player. Who who's to say that player's not Micah Parsons? Probably not going to be, but because they don't take off all linebackers, but you get the point. You have no idea the repercussions of these decisions and go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. And then on the back end, we're talking about all these needs, Jody. We haven't talked. We, we need a corner. We need an edge rusher, defensive tackle, safety, on and on, running back in the day three. Uh, wide receivers still, they need a backup tight end. 
on and on and on and on. All these needs. Part of the reasons there's so many needs on this team is because of failed draft picks. So I do think you have to put that into the equation. Right. But, but we're only talking about taking one need off the board if you move up to get a wide receiver. You're giving up one of your other picks. Because you're going to use the pickup, the guy falls down. If James and William falls down to 15, there's a good chance the Eagles are going to call his name. So oh, yeah. if, if you have him that highly rated, do you want to pay the price to get to – 12 or 13 whatever that price seven? is seven no it, way seven so no giants, i'm with you I, that, I, that's that's the giants trying to bait yeah. the eagles a little bit i'll agree with you on that one they're not moving up to seven he's not worth that kind of uh whatever you'd have to pay to get the seven moving up a couple of slots if he's like jordan davis you got to get ahead of a specific team not impossible that's the uh, wide receiver if he is really above and beyond their number one choice at wide receiver if you got to pay a little extra to just make sure you lock it in, I'm not, I, I wouldn't be upset with it. Too much? Yeah, no. He's coming off an ACL. You're going to move all the way up to seven and give up two major draft picks to move from 15 to seven? No, I, I don't see that happening. Um, but we'll get the thoughts of another draft expert joining us next. We'll start with the wide receiver position and how aggressive should the Eagles be for it. Our buddy Rick Saratella from NFL Draft Bible is going to jump aboard. Heavy draft coverage on this draft day edition of Birds 365. It's the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser. The official beer of the Philly sports fan. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? 
I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Day, so we need a draft expert. Uh, yeah, I've been talking NFL draft with this guy for over a decade now. Is NFLDraftBible.com one of the best draft sites? Uh, he went digital this year. If you want his rankings and ratings and uh, scatter reports on all the players, and you catch his podcast over on SI.com's website. Rick Saratella jumps aboard with us here on Birds. I love you. Rick's got the draft week beard going too. I'm to shave this week, Rick. I tell you, it's unbelievable, guys. I can't believe it's here. You know, you guys are talking Eagles 365, and uh, you know we we get to do this once a year, draft morning Christmas. So happy holidays. Yeah, yeah, it's for you. It's draft three sixty four. You, the rest of the year builds up to get to a day like today. All right, so you're putting on the spot right away. John and I were just discussing before you came on. Eagles and wide receiver, they they have a need there. I'm sorry, Zach Pascal, their big off season acquisition isn't cutting it for me. They need an upgrade at wide receiver. The way the draft looks as of right now, Eagles at fifteen guys who are going to be on the board teams in front of them you can only guess at what trades could come down how did the eagles best handle the wide receiver position for you is there someone worth trading up for or do you just say hey, come on guys there's three or four four or five guys one of them's coming down to you you don't have to give up anything you're going to get a hell of a player at wide receiver if they stay put at 15 how do you judge the wide receiver market some 11 hours before this thing gets underway I'll put my GM beanie on if I was constructing a a, a a playoff team with a first year head coach looking to add some playmakers, knowing that, uh, you know, the Falcons at, at eight and the Jets at 10, I think is where you're going to see the first two wideouts off the board. So do I want to settle for the third or fourth best player at that position? Or do I want to parlay my two first round picks move up to the Jets at 10 because they're willing to drop back? And to me, draft picks are like lottery tickets. So especially in this year's draft, if I'm not getting a blue chip guy, well, then give me, uh, you know, maybe a, a middle round guy and maybe I'll go uh, pick OBJ and go get myself Odell Beckham Jr. off a of free agency at a bargain discount and, 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 you know, run the risk that way. That's how I would approach it, just because I don't think you're going to get a top receiver at where the Eagles are. I'd go best available player, which I don't think. You know, your number three or four wide receiver is going to warrant that spot. Well, there's some other names, Rick, that people have speculated the Eagles could target to go up in that top 10 range. And it's 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 basically the corners. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr., if he falls a little bit. Uh, Ahmed Gardner, if he falls a little bit. And then the edge rushers, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson. Um, you, you mentioned that term blue chipper. Now that we're here because I've heard that a lot. There's not a ton of blue chippers at the top of this draft. So 
how many blue chippers do you have? How many, how many, no doubt about it, guys? Like corner, I look at corner. What are, what is the tier between Gardner and Stingley, and then the second group with Trent McDuffie and the Kyer Elams and the and the uh, Andrew Booth Juniors of the world? It's significant because I look at Stingley and, and Sauce as guys you can build a, a defense around. Those are cornerstone pieces, and so. <clears throat> the drop-off is significant at the cornerback position. And I hear Stingley is the number one rated guy on the Texans draft board right now. Yeah. So, and you know, I'll tell you the other thing real quick. My blue chip guys are Kayvon Thibodeau, Derek Stingley, Iki Iquanu, and Kyle Hamilton. After that, you know, those are my four guys. Um, I, I, I'll say this, you know, the one thing I've noticed this year more than ever before is there's more of these draft props, you know, they, they started off like, you know, they would have these quarterback props and maybe a couple over under props with the bigger name guys. But now you're seeing props all over the map and you're seeing sharp money come in on Trayvon Walker, number one overall. You're seeing sharp money come in on Derek Stingley, number three overall. And you can't ignore this because Vegas has a pretty good track record there. And so we had a pretty good source confirm that Stingley is the number one guy on the Texans board. We shall see. And I think Sauce Gardner comes off to the Giants uh, at number seven because they're looking for a James Bradbury replacement who's going to get cut or, or traded. And so, you know, the, the fact of the matter is Howie uh, Roseman has no problem trading up, moving up for a guy that he likes. Is one of these blue chip guys going to be available? He's he's really got to get up into like the Giants first pick at five if he really wants to get one of his prime targets i think if, if it's a wide receiver you got to get in maybe maybe it's giants at seven you got to get in front of atlanta who's almost a slam dunk calvin ridley's out for the year with the gambling uh hiatus and so i think the falcons are all in on a wide out all right uh ricky i'm gonna sing your praises here for a second because again you and i've been doing this for over a decade and, you know, I start following your players like tomorrow or, uh, excuse me, Monday after the draft is over and done with, looking ahead to the next year. And you, you've shown the ability to be flexible. There have been guys who have been one, two, three on your draft board. And then by the time the draft rolls around 360-plus days later, they're down in the teens or down in the 20s. Some years, you put a guy at the top of your mock draft and you never move him. You've been loyal to Kayvon Thibodeau all year long. Uh, had an injured year, has said some things in the postseason uh, season that have not excited NFL teams. Some people think he's a little cocky, whatever else. You've not moved. You've said you think he's the best edge pass rusher, even though it looks like he could be as low as the fourth edge pass rusher drafted come tonight. Uh, unfair criticism of Thibodeau. Why has he stayed at top of your draft board when a lot of others have moved him down? What is it you love about this kid? And if he's a guy who comes down to the Eagles, how good a player are they getting? I love Kayvon Thibodeau, the player. I don't love the person, and I understand why he rubs people off the wrong way. And I think one of the quotes I heard that kind of resonated with me was like, hey, this is really the first time we've had a true millennial athlete where this guy was <laughs> wait now this guy this guy's been on social media yeah. his entire life he doesn't know a world without social media and here's everybody singing his praises and bowing down to him the, the chosen one since middle school right like for the past 10 12 years of this guy's life everything has been hey cave on thibodeau hey cave on thibodeau and 
you heard I don't know if you saw the NFL uh, network interview, but man, he's a he's an inner city LA Cali braggadocious, highly talented kid and it's going to rub people off the wrong way and I think it's going to really rub the 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 traditional general managers the wrong way that are saying like hey man you're not reliable can I count on you and you know I'll tell you what he he's more articulate and, and intelligent than people give him credit for and I think that you know the gave him more time about hey what happens when people on Twitter poke and you don't love the building, right? And, and he kind of called them out at the podium as press conference. But, you know, I, I and pleaded that workout. I do think he'd be in consideration for the first overall pick. And I, I think this is a guy that can take over games and, and be a double-digit sack guy. I, I love his technique. I think he has the bend. Of people question his dip and, and his flexibility. I don't know. I think he, he has a whole pass rush repertoire that's going to be a Pro Bowl caliber player. That's just me, guys. Yeah, I, I love the description of uh, the millennial athlete who who has been there. So I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to play devil's advocate, which you mentioned the, the numbers with Trayvon Walker, uh, because I heard this from an NFL GM, and it kind of rung true for me, Rick. Uh, Georgia uh, has got to worry about the transfer portal, and they have so much talent. Uh, that they have to get their young kids on the field or they're going to lose. One of the top 10 picks in this draft, Jermaine Johnson, went to Georgia and he transferred because he wasn't playing. So they have Walker, obviously, uh, Devontae White, Jordan Davis up front. They're going to have whatever, seven picks on defense in the top 70, 75 kids in the draft. Um, They got a kid who's going to be probably a top 10 pick next year already. And you probably know his name. I think it's Jalen Carter, something. Um, You know, so they were just rotating guys, rotating guys, rotating guys. And he wasn't asked to go after uh, the quarterback that much. And he was asked to set the edge. And that kind of says, guess what? This is a really talented kid that is willing to do what you ask. Um, So when it comes to projection versus performance the stated performance at the college level that you said uh which obviously Thibodeau is better how do you weigh that how do you weigh that when you say okay I'm I'm Trent Balky and I want that's that's been Trent's reputation I want that upside yeah and I mean I mean that's what he you know there's certain guys Trent Balky I'll say Matt Matt rules another one they bet on athletic traits and then they lean on their coaches to tap out you know, max that potential out of them. And I mean, yeah, if you ask Trayvon Walker to play end, he can do it. You ask him to move inside, he can do it. Heck, you ask him to drop back in coverage, he could probably do that. He's that athletic. I mean, I saw one play, someone highlighted, uh, this guy ran maybe 50 yards downfield and and tracked down a wide receiver. and, and, And that's the kind of quickness he has. So when you're talking about speed, that's the the number one trait that NFL teams love. And when you talk when you talk about a guy that's big, fast, physical, can do all those things, versatile, I understand the allure. I like Trayvon Walker more than I like Aiden Hutchinson. I think there is a higher ceiling. I don't know if Aiden Hutchinson is going to ascend like Trayvon Walker at the next level. I see more of a plateaued finished product with Aiden Hutchinson. Nothing wrong with that, 
still a plug and play guy that's going to contribute. But, you know, if you're looking for, you know, the, 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 the uh, Yahtzee, you got to go with Walker over Hutchinson. I'll give you a quickie uh, analysis of the analytics of the Georgia defense. John gave you the, hey, we got to shuttle guys in or out. Otherwise, they're going to transfer out on us, which I think is dead on accurate. The other one is if you're forcing three and outs almost every single possession, (laughs) you only got so many plays to put up stats for a tackle, tackle for a loss, a sack. One, two, three points goes to the opposition. Well, then, yeah, you're not going to be a stack uh, stat hound because you're standing on the sidelines while your offense gets the ball back. Saying that, two guys at Georgia that I think were just stone-cold studs that I think you need to judge per what you see on the film as you judge their athletic uh, traits rather than what numbers they put up with statistics. Jordan Davis, who the Eagles should be interested in, may even be willing to trade up and get him, and the Kobe Dean, who I think is the best linebacker in this draft. I know others think it's Devin Lloyd from Utah. I think it's Dean. Uh, I when he makes plays, he makes them in spectacular fashion for me. So I'll say, given a chance to do even more, he will do more. Uh, give give us your rating on those two guys. Your scouting report on both: Will they be overdrafted, underdrafted? Uh, the Monmouth def- defensive tackle and the best linebacker in the draft for you for yours truly. Yeah, I think when I, I I just did my mock, I had Jordan Davis coming off the board to the Baltimore Ravens. I want to say at yeah. fourteen. Okay, yeah. so to me, he fits that DNA. And you know where I struggle with Jordan Davis, who I value probably more than most, is I think most teams see him as a two-down player at this point. Not that he won't develop into a three-down player, but. I think Trayvon Walker is going to see more snap counts, uh, more reps year one. And so that's why he's regarded as a higher rated prospect. Jordan Davis, pound for pound, man, he he might be a, a, a specimen with, with the measurables there. So I think Davis is right around the middle of the first round uh, as early as Baltimore. I think that's how high he can go. Uh, Nicobe Dean, I think when you, when you compare him to Devin Lloyd, you know, Lloyd covers a little bit better. Lloyd has uh, the prototype size, and that's going to be more alluring to the NFL teams. I had, I still had Nakobe Dean. I think I had him sliding down to the Bengals at 31. I was trying to find a home for him. So I think that Dean and Lloyd probably, I had Lloyd going to the Patriots. I forget where they're picking. So that's kind of 21. Kinda where I think, 21. 21 so yeah. Right in that range. I kind of see. And, and, and I don't know if we see another interior linebacker come off the board in round one after that. Uh, Rick, uh, you do this stuff 365 days a year. So I, I want to give you three names that Jody just gave you. One is N'Kobe Dean, um, George Karloftis, and, and, and then Tyler Linderbaum. These are guys who've been throughout the pre-draft process. First round picks, first round. This guy's a first round pick. This guy's a first round pick. This guy's a first round pick. Those three names, are they all going in the first round? Because I think there's a chance all three don't go in the first round. Really? Karlaftis, Linderbaum, and who was the other? N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe Dean, yeah. I mean, I think Dean, like, you know, the NFL is a funny thing when it comes to size measurements. Like, just because Dean is a shade under six foot, that could keep him out of the first round. Just because Tyler Linderbaum has 30 inch arms he's getting labeled it's like no way this guy is too technically sound coming out of that program he's gonna 
probably last a decade in the league. I had Linderbaum going to the Steelers because if they don't get a quarterback, why not strengthen what they like to do is run up the run up the gut, that inside run. So I think Linderbaum can make sense for the Steelers. I have I have a hard time seeing such a polished player escape the first round. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing the copycat media world that we live in. And I understand, like, Daniel Jeremiah comes out and says, hey, there's some teams that have George Karlaftis with a third-round grade. Suddenly, the whole Twitterverse and, and draft media is saying, oh, you know, the teams are all over the map uh, on George Karlaftis. I don't think so. The teams I talk to say this guy's getting taken a lot higher than you realize. I always tell the story. I went into Penn State. Karlaftis was a true freshman. I had no idea. I never even heard of the kid. And I'm I'm watching, you know, other guys. And Karlaftis, I'm, I got the binoculars up in the press box. This guy, Karlaftis, keeps coming into my binoculars. You know, I said, who is this guy? Throwing around grown-ass men like ragdolls. <laughs> I call him the Greek god. I mean, this guy has sneaky athleticism. I know he's not flashy. I know he's not going to hit you with that uh, spin move, right, and, and athletic burst. But this guy has strength. He has power. He has polish. And, yeah, he's not a double-digit annual sack master guy. But what he is, he's going to be a very dependable, uh, high-floor, immediate-impact player who's going to get you seven, eight, nine sacks every single season. I, I'm a big fan of George Karlaftis. I think that – actually, I'll say this. I think he's one of the safer picks in this year's draft. And that's that's the the beauty of the draft. And this, this, this draft especially, I've tried not to listen to too many other guys out there. But when I do, it's, like, completely opposite of what yeah, I think. It's yeah. amazing to me. All right, since you win Penn State, I want to ask you about a specific Penn State player because we don't believe the Eagles are going to get a safety in the first round. Kyle Hamilton is probably going to go off the board before they get there at 15 if they trade up. I don't think it's going to be for a safety because the Eagles have shown that they value the safety position only so high. If we're waiting for day two, round two or round three, where the Eagles have two picks, they did bring Jaquan Brisker from Penn State in as one of their uh, 30 pre-draft visits. Uh, I know some people really like the player. Everyone believes it's Hamilton and there's a drop-off. And either Brisker or a sign from Georgia uh, and uh, Dick's kid. Uh, how do you rate the safeties after Hamilton in the NFL draft? Is Brisker a second-round pick or a third-round pick? I think he's borderline. I think he's right on the fringe of a second or third round pick, depending on how that board shakes out. But Brisker's a polished player too. Multiple years starting at Penn State, uh, could slide into the slot if needed. And so he's got, you know, a little bit height issues, but measurables were really good. So I think he is like right around 60, if I had to give you an over under there. I think it depends on, you know, how teams view the, the Baylor safeties. I think Jalen Petrie probably goes higher and maybe even you want a dark horse for the first round, Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. Uh, he's a guy that can play both safety spots, highly intelligent, prestige, character, preparation, maturity. Uh, and then the other guy, you know, I had a good friend of the show on yesterday on my show, Brian Baldinger came on and he was the second uh, guest I had yesterday that, that sang the praise of JT Woods, also from Baylor, yeah. who... Oh, by the way, I think he had 13 turnovers in nine games this past year. We had him out at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, and he stood out all week long. I think he's now pushing potential top 100 status. So that second tier, you know, 
the sign sneak into the first round. I don't know. I think Daxon Hill definitely. Um, and don't forget also the honey badger is still sitting out in, in free agency. So oh, that's yeah. we, we know that here. <laughs> yeah. <free football>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conversation here, Ricky. Uh, eight o'clock tonight, Rick. Um, last year we knew it was going to be Trevor Lawrence. We know it's going to be Jacksonville this year. They're not trading out. Nobody wants to trade up. Um, so, you know, TV's going to do their thing and take the full 10 minutes, but you know, we've heard, uh, Jacksonville. I don't, I don't know what's worse. Uh, the, the draft day organization, we've been joking about it this week from the movie, Jeff Carson, I believe was the GM Jody McDonald of the Jacksonville Jaguars giving up uh, everything in the draft or this actual Jacksonville organization where it's supposed to be Shad Khan wants Aiden Hutchinson, Trent Balky wants Trayvon Walker. Doug, we all know Doug Peterson wants one of the tackles, Icky Iguano or Evan Neal. I think Tony Khan wants Orange Cassidy. That's a joke for <laughs> Cody McDonald. So he's not involved. So you have your GM hat. Uh, break this tie, Rick Saratella. And not even the player, but also the fit. Should they give Doug Peterson what he wants at, at, at the number one overall pick? Yes, because I say that with uh... – a little bit of inside knowledge there. And that is a, a, a front office in disarray. And Tony Sean's vote might be the most important one, believe it or not. Because so Lawrence he... Cassidy's going number one. <laughs> yeah. And because he's the one that actually conducted the interview with coach Peterson. Uh, and, you know, the, the lines of questioning didn't really have a lot to do with football. And so I think Doug Peterson is a football guy that if you brought him in here to be successful, give him the ingredients that he needs to work with. And, you know, Trent Baalke is got to really set up Peterson for success. And if he doesn't, well, hey, you look around the league, a lot of these front offices are working in unison. And a lot of times the head coach is really the one making the call. And, and the GM's there to kind of stack the board and, and and work together. But ultimately, like I look around the league, a lot of the, a lot of the top teams, the head coach is the one pulling the trigger here on the final call. So I think they do need to give Doug Peterson. And, and as funny as that might sound, I think they need to lean on him and, and give him what he needs if they're going to have any kind of success. Because man, that front office is, is not uh, have a good reputation around the league. All right, Ricky, again, giving you credit for sticking your guns on a couple of players, some of which I agree with you, some of which I debate a little bit. Carson Strong, um, the reason I bring him up, the Eagles aren't going to take quarterback in the first round. We know that uh, the second round is probably going to be a position league again. Third round, Eagles drafting quarterbacks on day three, fourth and down. Yeah, they don't find the diamond in the rough. Some other teams do, the Eagles never had if they're not going first and second and they're not going fourth and out, you got that one little zone of third round where they do have two picks as of right now. Could they take a quarterback depending on how things shake out? Possibly. And your guy, Carson Strong, seems like a guy who could actually be there. Why have you stayed uh, bullish on Carson Strong? Why do you think he can be an NFL quarterback? Well, I'll elaborate on strong. I will let you know. I have Malik Willis going to the Eagles in round one, and I can expand on those thoughts. But Carson wow. Strong. <laughs> Carson, oh, we'll get there next. Give me the Carson Strong thing, then we'll get the Malik. Carson Strong, 
to me, and, you know, you hear like, hey, pocket passers in the league are uh, an ancient dinosaur, right? And then I look around the league, and I don't know, last time I checked Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they're still pretty good. Uh, that's what Carson Strong is. He's a pocket passer. He can dissect the defense. He's very smart, maybe too smart for his own good, rubbed some people off uh, the wrong way with, with his kind of cocky attitude and somewhat of a know-it-all. Uh, I thought I saw a little immaturity this past year at Nevada just with his body language uh, when things didn't go his way. You know, I want my quarterback to be a leader of men, and some of that immaturity rubbed me off the wrong way. But when I look at the mechanics, the arm, the ability to make all the throws, I think Carson uh, Strong has a chance to be as good of a quarterback as any now. He comes with a lot, a lot of medical red flags Going back to his high school, uh, he had like two collarbones, uh, spinal stenosis. Now he had a, a, a knee procedure where he had to get some stuff cleaned up. So I do think now he might even be looking at a day three kind of draft scenario. But to me, that's the guy, if you're looking for the Dak Prescott, right? Uh, to me, Carson Strong is that guy. All right, Malik Willis, you put it on the tee, Greg. Malik Willis, the Philadelphia Eagles, that's going to shock everybody. What what's your thought process behind that? Yeah, and, and I ran this by Baldy yesterday, and and he said I'm not crazy because they do consider themselves to be the QB whispers down there. But you know, one thing I know, Howie Roseman drafts a quarterback every year, and what my understanding is that the Eagles brass have done a deep dive into Malik Willis and have come away convinced he's a much better, not just a little better, a much better thrower than Jalen Hurts. And so when you have more than one quality quarterback, you have draft equity. And you've seen Roseman flip Carson Wentz. He's flipped Sam Bradford. And he likes having that. And I think that, again, I'm not a big stat guy. This one kind of resonated with me too. I saw, I thought it was fascinating. Not that I put much into it. Uh, Jamarcus Russell's right up there with the stat. But I thought it was remarkable that in the whole history of next-gen stats, they do all this stuff down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Malik Willis recorded the highest ball velocity mile per hour of all time. It was something like 77 miles per hour. The next closest guy, Josh Allen, it, it blew him away. He was like 10 miles per hour more than Josh Allen. Like, this guy has a cannon. And I just think that he might be a slightly better upgrade then Jalen Hurts, and they don't have to trade Jalen Hurts this year. But, man, what would Jalen Hurts command in a trade return? And I, I think it's – and they still have Gardner Menchu who could back up uh, Willis. So I, I still think it's in play. Yeah, no, not happening. Uh, I'll disagree with you, Baldy, anybody else. The Eagles are married to Jalen Hurts. He's going to be their quarterback. Just when I year. thought it was out, Rick Jody. Start your C.J. Stroud evaluations for next year because that's the guy the Eagles will be targeting when uh, they, we get it 365 days from now. All right, uh, I want to go to a different position, and that's cornerback. First round is a distinct possibility. If not, if we drop down to the second round and or third round, the Eagles go a different direction. The corner they really want goes before they can get them in the like. How deep is this cornerback draft? Who are some guys in on day two, round two or round three that the Eagles could get? That Granted, drop off from Sauce and from Stingley, but the best of the rest in the draft 
how good is round two and round three if that's where the Eagles need to get their quarterback to? I, I think it's a good draft for corners. And if Sauce and Stingley come off the board early like we're anticipating, I think you can hold out and in round two maybe even get a Tariq <laughs> Woolen from uh, – UTSA this kid I is, love that kid right yeah I mean yeah. this kid to me he's a borderline first round talent and I think because of the depth of the draft like the big name pedigree is going to come off the board Andrew Booth from Clemson Kair Elam from Florida they got the power five pedigree they're going to probably come off the board uh, before Woolen but I would not put it past Woolen to be one of the premier corners in this year's draft so uh he's like six foot three ran ran a sub four four forty uh, I'll give you another one to keep an eye on out of Fayetteville State, Joshua Williams. Uh, he will probably be the highest selected FCS uh, player in, in this year's draft. He's got size as well. I think he's like six foot two. Another one of these four, three corners. All this guy does is, is create turnovers, forced fumbles, interceptions, pick sixes, just a true dynamic playmaker. And I think that's a guy that gets zero hype in this year's draft that's a pretty good one and uh you know there's a lot of guys floating around gregory jr out of ochita baptist i love that kid i think he's going to be a solid player um so there's some pretty good depth i don't have my board in front of me but uh the sam houston state zion, zion mccollum yeah that's yeah, my guy yeah, yeah yeah so i think <laughs> that's a guy to target in the top 100 as well uh, he's at uh, Rick Saratella on Twitter. Follow him there at NFL Draft Bible. Uh, read him at si.com backslash NFL backslash draft. Rick, last one from me is I'll, I'll keep it at corner because this is a kid I love, but it's more than just corner. And that's Marcus Jones from Houston. Um, it's just a slot guy. He's very undersized, but he's a great returner. And, and that position has been devalued. He can kick return. He can punt return. So explosive, they gave him the ball on offense at times. Um, I've seen people say he's going to be a seventh-round pick. He's too small. I've seen people say he's going to be a day-two pick, late-day two pick, because of all the versatility. Where where do you have him, uh, uh, and where do you think he's coming off? Yeah, you, he is the one of the harder evaluations because he comes from that mid-major group of five uh, he's been an all uh conference usa standout now for several years but he is he is maybe five foot eight uh if that and so i i think it's a little bit of a problem but yeah he's a one-dimensional slot player for your defense but he will be a valuable roster spot because he can uh not necessarily return kicks but i think the punt return ability is what teams value more because the kick return has been diminished you don't get too many of those opportunities but when you can make plays with the ball in your hands and you can provide special teams play and you can be a you know let's be honest a start a slot corner is a starter in the nfl uh i looked it up every single team all 32 passed the ball more than 50 percent of the time and i i couldn't find any other time in modern day nfl history where that's happened so uh, the slot corner is a starter. I, you know, I, I struggled with the evaluation due to the size, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes as high as round three. I wouldn't be surprised if he slides down around five or six, maybe. All right. Very specific uh, final question for me, because, yes, Eagle fans always want to talk about skill possession um, and who's going to be making plays, who's going to be getting fantasy points. We believe the Eagles are going to take a running back on day three. Uh, the Miles Sanders last year of his contract, 
They got uh, good production out of Kenneth Gainwell, who was a day three running back pick last year. They looked they had one more, uh, and uh, of course, Scott as well. Uh, but they looked they had another running back. Who's the underrated day three guy? Even if you got to go to round four and not a steal in round seven, but who is the best running back who won't be drafted in the first three rounds in the NFL draft and could be there for the birds in round number four? I'm looking at Kyron Williams of Notre Dame, and I know he's higher on a lot of people's boards, but I think he ran a 4.68 at the Combine, which is almost a death sentence for running yeah, back to the good. NFL, right? So I don't think he's going on the first two days. However, he this kid can play football now. He His, his game speed is a lot faster than his time speed, and I think – when you get a guy like that, I remember uh, Alfred Morris was a day day three pick. He ran like a four, six yeah. something coming out of FAU, I believe. And so, you know, Kyron Williams has explosiveness. He can catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit. And, you know, he was a big time player there at Notre Dame. Unfortunately, we've seen 40 times really kill some draft stock here. And I think he's going to go day three. But, you know, he might he might turn out to be one of the real gems. All right. So I want KH from ND. That would be. Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. But are you telling me I'm going to have to settle for KW? Well, if he's a player, that's all we ask for. Rick Saratella is a player when it comes to the NFL draft. He's always good enough to hop aboard with us. We appreciate it, whatever he does. Enjoy your Christmas, buddy. Thank you, Mac and Mac. Thanks, Rick. That is Rick Saratella from NFL Draft Bible here with us on Birds 365. He opened the quarterback door again. Why did ah, he do, he why does he do that? In, man. Why he does he do that? Wow. Malik, I, well, yeah. he's not coming here. It's just not happening. I, we got too much other stuff to deal with. We don't need to deal with a quarterback controversy with the Philadelphia Eagles. Or do we? McMullen and I will come back and discuss that next here on Birds 365. It's the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles, IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser, the official beer of the Philly sports fan. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. You got your birds 365, guys. It's Paul McDonald here with John the Jacob Media YouTube channel on a big day in the NFL. Big day for us here on Jacob Media. Got the big draft extravaganza down at Oceans tonight. Should be a great show and a fun time. You can head down and watch the show. Uh, we already filled up our luxury bus to get the people from Philadelphia down to AC. But you got your own car. You want to drive down, see the crew, uh, and watch the draft with your uh, friends from Jacob Media. Feel free to do so. John and I would like to be there. Unfortunately, we're both going to be engaged elsewise. John's going to be at the Novacare Complex waiting for Howie Roseman to explain how he dazzled everyone with his draft day maneuvers. Yes. I got to uh, do some uh, CBS Sports Radio clean up tonight after direct and the funny thing is john i'm scheduled to come out at midnight oh the first round's not gonna be over no this is the post draft show that i'm supposed to be hosting tonight only one issue it's not gonna be the post draft yet because it's gonna go past 12 o'clock shoot i think it may go past 1 a.m as yeah. a matter of fact uh so we'd love to be down so there. i might i might get back from the novacare complex and Jump right back on Burser 365 with you. Who knows? Yeah, you're uh, going to be working late, too. Both of us are going to put in late hours, in the, as they will down at Oceans tonight. So those who are going down, enjoy. Uh, I can't believe Rick Saratella did it to us. Ah, he Ricky. Up the, the OceanAC.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, by the way, before we get there, uh, for all the information, 
Uh, you can watch it on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, also uh, 6abc.com. So all the information, if you want to get down there, Seth Joyner is going to be there, Mike Quick, Rob Ellis, uh, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney. So a lot of fun down at the oceanac.com. Find the information there. Yeah, but Rick Saratella just dragged me back in, Jody. Dragged me. I thought it was out. You are out, and don't sweat it. Um, I watched Malik Willis because he got a lot of coverage at the end of last season, and he's a guy who's going to be in the first round of next year's draft, could be the number one pick. So I made sure I watched him last year. Coming into this year, again, a lot of buzz specifically tuned into the Mississippi Liberty game because it was a showdown between Malik Willis and Matt Corral. Corral was a better quarterback that day. Corral was a better quarterback all year. Corral's a better prospect going into the NFL than is Malik Willis. I understand. Ricky quoted the stat of uh, the next gen 77 miles an hour. No one had ever thrown it that hard before. You need to actually throw it to someone. Not just how fast it travels in the air. Is it catchable? Can you throw it to the person you're throwing it to? And that's Malik Willis's issue is accuracy. Last time I checked, the Philadelphia Eagles had a quarterback who was a tremendous athlete, who could make plays with his legs, who for me has strong enough arms. Some people don't think so. I do. I think his arm is perfectly strong enough. I think he can make all the NFL throws. And the Eagles do. And the Eagles do too. The problem accuracy he's not as accurate as he needs to be they're hoping that's a much improved trait that he has this year why would you replace Jalen Hurts with a younger Jalen Hurts well I don't think they're going quarterback anyway but I most specifically don't believe they're going quarterback with uh, Malik Willis no and I I don't either but if you're asking why you know we talked about it a little bit with Trayvon Walker with Rick. I mean, it is about traits a lot and it's about projection. You know, if it were this guy's the best college quarterback, he's going to be the best quarterback in the pros. It'd be easy. Um, but it's not a level playing field. I mean, you, you brought up, you know, Liberty Ole Miss it's Liberty against an SEC team. I mean, number one, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Matt has a better supporting cast. In, in that type of game. Um, I, I will say from Malik's standpoint, you know, the traits and, and remember he, he transferred to Liberty again, the transfer portal to get an opportunity to get on the field. It's not like he wasn't a high level prospect. Um, but from the standpoint of, of, you know, arm strength and, and athleticism, and I've said this and I believe it to be true. The Eagles have, all five quarterbacks, uh, uh, you know, the consensus top five, rate, graded above where they had Jalen Hurts when they took him at 53rd overall. But, you know, that doesn't take into account what I always talk about, player development, player development. The Eagles, one of the things the Eagles like most about Jalen Hurts is he's constantly improving every single year he gets better. And that's rare. You usually have ebbs and flows with players and, and as they go through their career. You might have an up year. You might have a down year. Uh, you might go sideways. You might go lateral. To this point, they feel he's 
they believe he's gotten better and better and better each year, and it's only going to get better. So he's ahead, and it's they've been pretty consistent. Look, they want an upgraded quarterback. It's obvious, you know, when they, you look into Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, blah, blah, blah. But they want a superstar upgrade. They don't want to just go from, you know, one guy we've already started to develop back to square one with a guy who might have a little bit better traits. Um, and, 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 you know, you're just spinning your wheels at that point. So I don't think they're interested in, in that part of it. But if it were just who's the best college player, it'd be easy. Well, you know, but it's not. And that's why you have kids coming from small schools. And we're talking about kids from Texas, San Antonio. And, you know, I mean, it, it's about projection to the next level. And that's what makes it difficult. Here's, I just, I felt the need to look it up and uh, don't know why we're playing a commercial in the, in the background here. I'm Birds 365, but we'll see if we can get that cleared up for you. Um Malik Willis versus Matt Corral last year. Liberty versus Ole Miss. Malik Willis, 16 of 25, 173 yards. Not one, not two, three interceptions. Matt Corral, 20 of 27, 324 yards with a touchdown, no INTs. Wasn't even close. Usually at oh, Mississippi against Liberty. Well, it's not Notre Dame versus USC. It's not Georgia versus Alabama. It's Liberty against Ole Miss. No, it's a huge game this year because it was two quarterbacks who are going to be talking about being taken in the first round. One looked like a first round quarterback. The other one did. Yeah, but Jody, you got to give, you got to put some, con- I mean, you got to put some context on the supporting cast. Ole Miss is an SEC school. Liberty, yeah, they, nobody. John, 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 guess what? The NFL is the SEC every week. Yeah, I understand that. But the NFL also, by and large, grades Malik Willis as a better quarterback prospect because they're they're adding that context into it and saying, okay, this kid's got potential. Now, remember, if he stayed at Auburn and waited it out and perhaps, uh, uh, um, you know, didn't transfer – for the the vast majority of the casual fans didn't even know Liberty played football until Malik Willis showed up. So I am going to put some context. It's just like a division two kid, a division three kid, you know, that, that uh, Ali Marpet showed up one day and everybody looked at the senior bowl and said, what, what the heck? Um, you know, and and he was he was doing well against SEC kids, and you could project that he was going to be a a pretty good NFL offensive lineman. Turned out to be the case. Happens all the time, Jody. I mean, there are guys from small schools who, you know, if they're going to play Ole Miss, they're going to get waxed, but they're going to be NFL players. I I mean, I, you got to put that context on it. Uh, okay. I'm going to look at him as a guy, and it's funny because he played Matt Corral. Matt Corral had three skill position players graduate from him the year before, and he still had the kind of offense that he had. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a Malik. Well, that's fan. fine not to be a fan. I, I, you know, everybody evaluates players differently. I don't have a problem with that. 
my I guess my problem is you're not taking into account the level of competition. I mean, nine, 99 times out of 100, Ole Miss is going to destroy Liberty. I mean, that, that to me is not relevant to the conversation. From 1 to 75 or how many people they dressed, you know, there's probably – 10 players on Liberty that could even get into the Ole Miss facility. And I'm being, you know, I'm just throwing it out. I mean, there's a big difference in those two schools. And the fact that Malik Willis uh, got Liberty to where he got them, you know, I think I'm looking it up. They were nine and one in, in 2020, they were eight and five. So, you know, 17 wins at Liberty. That's why he's the number one draft. He's going, I'll I'll tell you this, Jody. I don't know where he's going. I got him going 20 to Pittsburgh. He's going ahead of Matt Corral. And I'm I'm suggesting that two years from now, four years from now, six years from now, the team that takes Malik Willis is going to wish they had taken Matt Corral. Well, that's fine. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time they got uh, a player wrong, a player evaluation wrong, and he's clearly a traits-based evaluation. I'll agree with you there. I, I, I don't even, you know, I wouldn't take them. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest because there's too much projection in my estimation. There's too much uncertainty. I'll agree with you there. But I'm not just going to go say because he lost to Matt Corral. Matt Corral had a better game because he's got Ole Miss. And he, I'm, not, I'm not, that's not part of my evaluation. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. And uh, what I'm trying to say is it's exactly what my evaluation well, is. Well, that's on. silly. No, I'm it's sorry. not. John, it's not. How it really it isn't. Not? I'm sorry that you and I don't see, but don't call my evaluation silly. Well, you can get mad all you want, but that part is silly. If you go to the NFL, no, John, John, it's not silly. It's the way I look at it. I, I, are, are the Super Bowl champions? I've been covering football for a long time. Are the I, Super I, Bowl champions better than the Jacksonville Jaguars? Do they have more talent than the Jacksonville Jaguars? Do the Los Angeles Rams have more talent than the Jacksonville Jaguars? Is that part of the equation when you match up those two teams? And that's the NFL. Is that part of the equation? Are you going to say the Los Angeles Rams have more talent than the Jacksonville Jaguars? Is that a crazy assessment? Here's my assessment, John. No, and to first answer your question, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars don't have the talent of the Los Angeles Rams. If Malik Willis is going to be looked at as an NFL quarterback, if you're going to use a first-round draft pick on him, if you're going to turn over your franchise to him, using what he did at Liberty against Liberty's conference opponents, I think is foolish to use your word to look at what he did against his conference's opponents, the small conference that Liberty plays in. I think a better way to judge the capabilities of Malik Willis is when he plays against teams that are going to have a bunch of players that are eventually going to play in the National Football League, like Mississippi. They didn't have too many opportunities to do that. They didn't They didn't play in the SEC, so you didn't have that many chances to look at Malik Willis and what he's going to do against the level of talent he's going to be asked to play against in the National Football League, one of which was Mississippi. He threw three picks on that day. He was lousy on that day. I know it's only one day, but that's well, a better I, I judge, mean, a better, better. Was, uh, was, was anybody else on the field? I, I don't know who's Liberty's left tackle. I don't know who's Liberty's left guard. Who's Liberty's wide receiver. Who's Liberty. Was anybody else on the field besides Malik Willis and Matt Corral? So, Did they so even Malik play Willis each other? Willis's production is meaningless this year because 
Woe is he, he had to play with Liberty. Well, that let me think? ask you a simple question, Jody. You can go to every, not, not, I mean, it's fine. There are players I think are better than NFL, you know, evaluators. But, you know, most, if you go to any draft person, anybody you respect, from Rick Saratella, the guys we have on this show, to Daniel Jeremiah, to whoever you want, Mel Kuyper, whoever, whoever your favorites are, I've yet to see anybody who's got Matt Corral above Malik Willis. Not to say he can't be a better player. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. But all of these people think this is a legitimate NFL prospect. And part of the reason why is because they are using the context. No, you can't judge by Liberty and their usual opponent. And it probably helps you to look at him against Ole Miss. But if he's got the traits, if if you understand he doesn't have the supporting cast and he shows you these different things, that's the reason the teams have latched onto him in a quarterback down draft. And he's potentially either the number one quarterback. Most people have him number one. Some people have number two uh, behind Kenny Pickett. This is not like some wacko, just one guy saying, I think Malik Willis can play. This is basically most of the NFL saying, this guy's the best quarterback prospect in this draft. I mean, there's got to be something to that. It doesn't there? Sure there does. Everybody is allowed to have an opinion, John. You've got one, I've got one. And here's my opinion. And if it flies in the face of Daniel Jeremiah, Mel Kuyper, John McMullen, um, Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports, who's going to join us coming up in about five minutes, I'm perfectly fine with that. I've been right before. I've been wrong before. I don't know what I'll be about this. I believe that Matt Corral will turn out to be a better quarterback than Malik Willis over the course of their careers. A big chunk of it is going to have to do with where they land, what team they join. Will they be given the chance right away? Are they going to have to wait? Are they going to be thrown into the deep end of the pool? There are certain things that you and I and anybody else who's got an opinion on any of the quarterbacks have zero control over. We got no idea. Yeah, we'll have a better can grasp I... as of tomorrow when we find out where these guys land. But yeah, my opinion them, is that Matt Corral them, will turn out to be a better quarterback than Malik Willis, plain if, and simple. And I if, if, really if don't care them, what anybody else thinks. I get it. If one of all I'm saying, Jody, all I'm saying, and for some reason is you balked. If he turns out to be a better player, it's not going to be be because of anything he did at Ole Miss in that game against Liberty against a, a, a an opponent that is not up to snuff of an SEC opponent. Now, if he gets matched up with Andy Reid, which he's not going to do because he has Patrick Mahomes, but you get my point. If he gets matched up, Matt Corral, with Andy Reid, and and uh, Malik Willis gets matched up with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's not going to happen because they have um, Trevor Lawrence, but you get my point because I don't have a lot of respect for the Jacksonville organization. Guess what? I'm going to bet on Matt Corral. On the other hand, if you reverse it and Malik Willis ended up with Andy Reid by some strike of fate and, and Matt Corral ended up with Jacksonville, I'm going to bet on Malik Willis. You're right. A lot of it has to do with development and guys who can develop quarterback and guys that can get quarterbacks on the right speed. All I'm trying is, and that's what makes the draft difficult. If it were just that simple, 
and say, well, he outplayed him on this particular day, and he had the significantly better supporting cast. I mean, that it can't be that easy. That's all I'm trying to say. If it were that easy, we wouldn't be having these arguments. It would be simple. Well, you just take that guy. You take this guy. You take that guy. But it's not that easy. You have these small school kids who have tremendous talent, and you try to project it to the next level. Tariq Woolen is a guy Rick mentioned from Texas, San Antonio. Well, I, you know, if he goes plays against Alabama, guess what? He's going to look bad. He's going to look bad. But that doesn't mean he can't play in the NFL. That's all I'm saying. Right. And I like the McCollum kid from uh, uh, Sam Houston State. And he didn't play against any SEC teams this year either. And I'm just judging him on traits. But one is going to be drafted in the first round. One's going to be drafted in the third round. I think if you're going to, and one's a cornerback and one's a quarterback, if you're going to take a chance on a quarterback who you're going to make the face of your franchise, you're risking a lot more on drafting traits. Well, that's true. I'd, and rather, I see, I I'd rather see production than traits if I'm going to use a first-round pick on a quarterback to run my football team. And you got the old Bill Parcells mentality. He's got that checklist of college success. You remember his old checklist? He was in that camp. He wanted to see production. But that's, that's also a different era when guys would stay for four years and you would get a better feel for him. And now you got guys transferring the transfer portal. You got out. You know, if Malik Willis stayed at Auburn, and 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 didn't go the route he did and fought through being a backup player and and did all those things who knows he could be the number one overall pick because he'd have the sec pedigree and maybe he would have never played on the other hand you know and you saw it with with fields last year transferring it's a big part of it, 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 it it's a big part of the college game now and and guys have been smart enough to say it's better to play tend to sit because the NFL will find you no matter where you are in the information age. And Howie Roseman talked about this last week, no matter where you are, they're going to find you. And that's, that's, you know, now Malik Willis is in a position where he could be the first quarterback off the board. If not, he's probably going to be the second quarterback. However, where I disagree with Rick Saratella is it's not going to be to the Philadelphia Eagles. Neither one of us think he's going to end up as an Eagle. All right. John McBall, Jordan McDonald, Mac and Mac guys, scheduled to join us next. Eric Edholm, the uh, YahooSports.com NFL Draft Insider, joins us here on Birds 365. It's the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles, IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser, the official beer of the Philly sports fan. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. 
Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Alright, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. Alright, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mama. Mama go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. We are the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We're still trying to establish uh, contact with um, Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports. He's texting me right now. Hey, I haven't gotten a link. Uh, so I'm going to uh, do some on-air producing here. Um, and Tell him to check spam, Jody, because mine went to spam. Let, let me read my exact last tweet to him. Have you checked spam, Eric? <laughs> and he said no. Uh, he said he, he will check it as well don't know why we're having some yeah, issues getting stuff out uh to our uh, guests over these last couple of days and the last problem i guess was mine i punched up the uh uh wrong website and i was listening to commercials running underneath that so that was on me uh but we do have eric at home he has uh reached on in and he's ready to talk NFL draft with us, so we might as well continue the conversation you and I just were having, Johnny Mac. Eric, first of all, thank you much for hopping on board with us. Appreciate it. I, I'm sorry for the late arrival. I just got the link a few moments ago. So yeah, I'm here. It's I'm a, we're having a spam problem, Eric. Ah, Things yeah. go into spam. It happens. You know uh, what? And- I, I don't take it as a personal slight. So <laughs> you should not. Uh, John and I were just having a conversation about the quarterbacks that are available in this upcoming mm. draft and how you evaluate them. Um, I'm not as high on Malik Willis as some other people are, including Rick Saratel from NFL Draft Bible, yeah. who was out with us. Our number one had him going to the Eagles in the first round. Both John and I doubt that. But give us your scouting report on Malik Willis. Is he the best uh, risk in this draft? 
potential upside, whatever else. Do you think he's overrated? Do you think that uh, someone's going to get their quarterback of the future when they take him? Give us your read on Malik Willis. I think you have to have a very clear, very concrete plan for him. I don't know. Concrete's the right word. Maybe you have to change it on the fly. But the point is, I, I think playing him early could be a bad thing. And I, I don't know that kids get ruined or whatever. I don't think that's it. But I just think you can stunt somebody's development if you throw them in there without the proper tools. You know, I mean, they're, they're look at you know, look at Blaine Gabber, for instance. I, like, he got thrown in way, way, way before he was ever expected to go in. They're a different player. But, I mean, I just use him as an example. You know, here's a guy that Bruce Arians said he was willing to bet on as a starter. Maybe a little bit of uh, Bruce being Bruce in that. But still – Point is, he's hung around for a while as a, you know, good enough to be in the league, but they threw him in at halftime of a second game and he got clobbered as a rookie. Never developed, never had the time to kind of progress. So with Willis, he's got the arm talent, no question about it. He can throw heaters all over the place. The whole field's in play with him because he could run. Uh, but I just feel like coming from that system, the senior bowl helped alleviate some of my concerns. You know, you, learning a different NFL style, style system, adapting to it, performing very well down there. Gave me some real hope. That made me think, like, maybe he should be a first-round pick. And somebody's willing to bet on the traits and and sort of live with the consequences if it doesn't work out. But I agree. I mean, I understand there's there's a pitfall with him. You know, there's no question that his, you know, what he did in college will not translate directly and that he's going to take a little time. But in time, you might have something interesting. Yeah, you bring up a good point with quarterbacks in general, Eric. I think, you know, too many people come to the assessment, either draft a good one or a bad one. And where they land is a big part of it. I, you know, we're in Philadelphia. So I often think in way back in 99, if, if, if Donovan McNabb didn't get with Andy Reid. Absolutely. And some of those other quarterbacks got with Andy Reid, we'd be having a whole different discussion so the landing spots is really, really important for these quarterbacks and these young quarterbacks always. Yep. But what's your board at the quarterback position? Who do you think is the best uh, at that top five, which I think has really become a top four. I think Sam Howe's kind of uh, teetered off into the second round yeah. uh, territory. But where do you have this top four guy? Yeah, and I and I, I like Sam okay. I mean, you know, starting in the bottom, if you will. I mean, I, I think in the right system, you know, you put him in a, in a dome team. And that's the problem with, I think, a lot of these guys is that, like, you know, Corral and Howell, I don't think Howell can do be the runner he was last season. He kind of added that element to his game. Um, he's got a slim bill. But I think he's, you know, his deep ball touch is nice. And, you know, he's got, I think, the work ethic and everything to kind of, you know, start out as a backup, and then maybe in a year or two we'll, we'll, we'll kind of revisit him. Matt Corral comes with some questions about immaturity based on what happened a few years ago in, in high school and then early in his Ole Miss career. He's got some talent. He's got an edge. He's got a chip on his shoulder. You know, I could see a team like Seattle very much being interested in him. Then again, Seattle has also done a lot of work on Desmond Ritter. There's talk that, you know, they've got, I think, 41 and 42 in the second round. I don't remember the exact spot, but – you know, package those picks, move up into the back end of round one and take Ritter there because there's been a lot of buzz about Ritter, Atlanta, Seattle, Pittsburgh, a few other teams. So, you know, he would be that that fourth option with some, you know, some some uh, volatility to him or right? he could be really good. Um, Desmond Ritter gives me more like Mariota, Alex Smith vibes. I think you kind of know what you're getting. He's going to be really solid. He's got some athletic traits, doesn't have a cannon. His accuracy is 
you know, not amazing. So I would say there's just some limitations to what he can do. But boy, I think he won't kill you. I really don't think, you know, his low interception totals, he took care of the ball, improved every single season incrementally. I feel like he's a solid choice. Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett, if you ask me, I don't think, I think he'll always be the quarterback that you're, you know, you're looking at what the neighbors have and you're looking at what this team has <laughs> and just kind of wishing you had a Kenny Pickett with a little battery pack on the back. I mean, he's okay, but uh, I suspect he'll be a starter who's always replaceable. Um, and then Willis is, is the wild card. There's no doubt. I mean, you know, he, he could be Tavares Jackson. He could be a shorter Josh Allen. I mean, really, I think there's a really that big a scope of what he could turn into, but He's he's grown on me the longer I've done this, uh, you know, the work and talk to people. I just think that it's going to be scheme specific to your point, John, which is crucial, I think. And where do you land and who's going to be advancing your career is huge. All right. Ask the same about the wide receivers. Since we went quarterback, we got to go wide out. And both John and I agree, much bigger chance of that having a legal impact than the quarterback position. Uh, Give us your rankings. Give us your ratings. How do you think they come off the board tonight, the top wide receivers? Yeah, and when I do my rankings, obviously, I, I rank for all 32 teams, which is impossible, right? But I try to give a league value of, you know, a combination of my thoughts and also what the, how the league perceives them. And, you know, I've got uh, Garrett Wilson and Jameson Williams back-to-back. Had Williams not suffered the ACL, he would have been ahead of Wilson. Not by a large amount, but I think his speed is the best trait that stands out of all the receiver candidates in this class in my opinion his, his game-breaking ability and i think you guys there's a chance that 12 hours from now you're going to be talking about a, the, the eagles possibly having him i think they're going to look to trade up and get him i think that's their guy if they if they if they target a receiver i think that's the player if they sit back and what is it 15 and 19 or whatever right 15 uh, and 18 15 yeah. and 18 excuse me yeah uh it's been a long few months guys the numbers oh, yeah. are yeah, yeah. <laughs> blending together uh you know, I, I don't know that receiver is necessarily going to be on their list. I mean, I it could be, but my guess is that if they're going to target somebody, Williams the guy. He's He's got that game-breaking ability. You, you got to ask and figure out why he didn't do anything at Ohio State. And he played. It wasn't like he wasn't out there. He just yeah. didn't catch passes. That's a, you know, that raises some questions, I guess. But Garrett Wilson's going to be a really nice receiver in this league. Kind of Stefan Diggsy in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't know if that's an exact comp, but that's who I sort of compare him to. You know, Olave is like everything you wanted Will Fuller to be. You know, when he was healthy, you could see some of that. It, over routes, you know, seven routes, nines, you know, that kind of stuff. Silky smooth, you know, open up a de- an offense rather uh, and attack a secondary. He's not a tackle breaker. Um, Traylon Burks is as cooled for some teams you know i saw the chicago bears brought him in they don't pick till 39 can't imagine they would bring him in if and they're not a big 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 trade-up candidate but there are teams out there who wonder if burks might slip to round two green bay has had him in you know they have two picks it's it's a good receiver class it is again four years in a row i would say but i don't know that i love it love it love it quite like some people do uh, let's talk about the draft in, in general, Eric, because to me, I, I've rarely seen such uncertainty in the top 10, yeah. not necessarily the players. We know the players that right. pretty much are going to be there, but where they're going to fit. Have you ever seen, have you ever been this uncertain heading into a draft night of, of where the pieces fit 
Yeah, I mean, obviously there's been drama at number one. There's still, I think, drama at number two, you know, three, four, five, et cetera. Yeah, it feels like there are very few teams where you can just lock in a pick and just say, all right, they're they're getting this guy, right? You know, uh, like last year, Najee Harris to the Steelers. I don't know how that just seemed so obvious that late in round one, right? Yeah. I mean, but everybody had it, you know. I guess it's it reminds me a little bit of the, I think it was the 2000, what was the, yeah, 13 with EJ Manuel was the yeah, first yeah. quarterback, right? I mean, yeah. go back and look at some of the mock drafts if they're still up, if they haven't been scrubbed from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, the, the Syracuse yeah. guy, I'm blanking on his name, the quarterback. Um, uh, who, I'm blanking. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll come up with it in a minute. But uh, you oh, know, his Matt, name is quite forgettable. We, 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 <laughs> yeah, we can right. all agree on that Ryan one. Nassib. Oh, Ryan Nassib. Ryan Nassib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, boom goes the dynamite. Uh yeah, yeah. Nass- some people had him as a first round pick. Yeah, right. Like the eighth pick in the draft yeah. to the Bills yeah. or whatever, or yeah. or Matt Barkley going seventh. Those guys lasted till round four. I mean, yeah. it was you know that Ryan, that, that's a good pull by the LSD way, draft. You know, yeah. <laughs> like what is happening here? But yeah, this this one definitely has a feel of you know if you told me like Kenny Pickett would last to the thirty second pick or something, would I be completely shocked? No. I can't find home Kenny for him. Going. I have Kenny going in my mock, 32nd. I couldn't find a spot for him at, exactly. until 32 with that 50 I, I'm with you. I don't know yeah. where he goes. I, I mocked him to the Saints because I thought, maybe, you know, maybe somebody moves up for him or whatever. But it's it's hard this year. My mock's going to be, you know, it's going to line the birdcage tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we know there are three left tackles who are going to come off the board very early in this draft. The Eagles usually default to the trenches after we get through the first round from the second on down, they are a team that's always believed you build from the inside out. Um, How good an offensive line draft is this is inside better than outside. We know the top picks are going to be, but from the second round on Eric, how good an offensive line draft is this? I think it's still pretty good. You know, you know, Bernard Raymond is a guy from central Michigan who's, who's grown on a lot of people. And I think, you know, you look at him and, and re- relatively speaking, how little football he's played, you know, he could end up being a, a top, you know, 40, 45 pick, maybe he sneaks in around one Tyler Smith's a hot name. I mean, you could hear him call tonight from Tulsa to me, that would be early, but you'd be, it's like the Malik Willis pick of, of a quarterback. Like you in two years, you might have something really special with him. You could see the flexibility with him. You could see, you know, he committed a penalty and a half per game. I mean, it was, it was almost absurd. He's a, He's a bear hugger. He's the guy who, you know, could be the, 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 you know, the Titus Howard or even the Andre Dillard, I suppose, of this draft. So that's the worry is that you're sort of gambling on a guy with tremendous upside who may never figure it out, but boy, he's, he's fun. You know, I like Abraham Lucas a little bit, good pass blocker. I know, you know, he's got some Dillard comparisons, so I got to be careful, but uh, Nick Petty Frere from Ohio state had the horrible game against Michigan Go back and watch the rest of his season. A lot of ups and downs, but you know he's got some talent. Rasheed Walker, Penn State. I mean, you know, there's there's some interesting O tackle uh, talent. I'd say the interior strength is probably on day two. That's that's probably your best bet to get. You know, I'm not even sure that Tyler Linderbaum's a first. I think he probably gets in there. You know, Kenyon Green is on that first second uh, borderline, if you will. Uh, Darren Kennard from Kentucky. You know. Uh, Luke, Luke Gedeke, who's uh, Raymond's uh, teammate, I think will kick inside and be a guard. And I, I'm a big fan of Jamari Salyer. Not every team is. It's kind of 50-50, but he battled with Hutchinson in the title game. And 
gave him fits, you know. And so he's a guard center type who's also played tackle. I, I kind of like this O-line draft overall. I may not have, I mean, it's got the three guys at the top, but there's a little bit of depth to it. I think it's pretty decent. Guard is guard stretches into the third and maybe even the fourth round, I think. All right, Eric, I'm gonna hire you right here to be Good. the tiebreaker uh for the worst organization in the NFL. So <laughs> if Shad Khan wants Aiden Hutchinson, yeah, and Trent Balky wants Trayvon Walker, mm-hmm. and Doug Peterson wants Ikiguano. Yeah. Um, who, who you're going to break the tie, but, uh, the second part is who should, you know, who should you defer to if you could break the tie? I mean, first of all, he's the owner can, can come off the top ropes and just yeah. say, yeah. Yeah. I, I own team. I, you know, Tony Khan is, you know, more yeah. interested in wrestling than so good. I, uh, that's why I use that, that analogy. I yeah, thought I, right. the, the, the smart ones catch on. I like that. John. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, obviously Tony does a lot of work with the numbers and the analytics and yeah. whatnot too. I mean, it's, I, I, I assume it's Walker, obviously. What do I think they should do? I mean, Look, I get that 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 Aiden Hutchinson has, has short arms, right, for a guy his size. But I watched him play; he could play. I'm tired of you know all these guys getting beat up unnecessarily, and I and there's not much separating some of the top players in this draft. I think what the Jaguars need most, honestly, and this this may sound ridiculous as a draft analyst, they need some some accountability and leadership in that locker room. I can't speak to Trayvon Walker's character. You know, I've never heard a battle word about him. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau, it's been it's been hit or miss, depending on who you talk to. Some people love his edge. Some people, it's a turnoff. But I have not – I've heard people go out of their way to rave about what Aiden Hutchinson adds to a locker room. Maybe some of it's fluff. You know, one guy said, hey, stop podcasting and this and that. But that's the only complaint I've heard about him. And I think he's going to be a really good football player like a Chris Long. I think that's – that like that kind of career arc, I think, makes a lot of sense. So for a team that needs everything – and can afford to miss out on the you know a, a sort of generational talent or whatever i i'd make the safe pick i know that sounds that goes against my draft theory but for them with everything they've been through i i would make sure i'd hit as many stand-up doubles as i could yeah hit a double in the gap i agree just take <sighs> it two runs it's, it's okay you did well pick. you did well yeah. you made a successful pick all right, um, let's put Jacksonville aside for a second. Good. Uh, here in Philadelphia, we <laughs> know that Harry Roseman is going to make a whole bunch of phone calls. Yeah. He may pull a deal. He may move up. He may move back. He may move up and move back because yeah. the Eagles have that kind of uh, ammunition to play with tonight. Who's the guy who's going to pull the trigger and screw it up? Yeah. Not I Jacksonville. Was- One other general manager slash organization will be talking about come friday and or saturday and and the rest of the round as well yeah. who's the organization that leaves you scratching your head most often in the nfl draft over the last couple of years mm. well yeah if we're putting jacksonville aside it's a little you know and again obviously Lawrence could be jeff like, carson from draft day yeah yeah. That, uh, yeah yeah i yeah. always like the throw I, I should rewatch that i need i need to get a little <laughs> more material for tonight uh yeah but uh I've never watched it all the way through. I've oh, seen almost right. the whole movie, but little. You you're know, not. Yeah, you're not. I've heard I'm not missing a whole lot, yeah. but uh, shtick value matters. Um, yes, it does. That's a good question. I'm trying to think of one. All right, I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna help you out there. here. Eric. Yeah, I'm gonna throw you. Uh, uh, a life preserver, Mickey Loomis. He already lost to me. What the hell is Mickey Loomis doing? What we're here in Philadelphia. 
the pre-draft trade, the, the Eagles kicked Zion. out one of their picks into 2023. Yeah. Mickey Loomis in a trap where, you know, people think there might be five blue chip players, whatever, 15, 16 first round picks. And by the way, he trades with the Eagles. He picks behind them still twice. Yep. 16 and 19. What didn't, the heck is Mickey Loomis thinking? Yeah, that, that that one didn't quite add up for me. And what it said to me, my you know, usually you see a trade gets announced or, or reported, you're gonna have this initial reaction. And my initial takeaway was, what are the Saints hoping for? What what's their best case scenario? Do they view themselves as as contenders now with that defense? Okay, I get it. But Sean Payton's gone. You still have Jameis Winston, a quarterback. There's a lot of questions, obviously, with him. He's got talent, no doubt. But, uh, you know, they don't have a left tackle. Is that the position that they're targeting? Are they moving up? Who are they trading with? And what, you know, I mean, Carolina, are they going to trade within the division? I don't know. Are they, they still need a receiver. Are we counting on Michael Thomas seven games combined the last two years? Alvin Kamara suddenly with the injury issues that he'd never had before on a big deal. It's just so many things to factor in with them. That's a good choice. And, and Mickey, to his credit, I've, I've questioned some of his picks in the past. I think Jeff Ireland's a very good ta- talent hound. It, they've come back to bite me in some occasions. They've had some selections that I didn't love and that have ended up being pretty good. They've had some that I've been ambivalent about and they've, they've, they've not turned out well. It's a it's a fascinating question. I'll be they'll be absolutely a team laying in the woods that I want to see what they do. Uh, and I'll give you one that I would potentially lean toward, and this won't score me any brownie points here in Philadelphia because it's an ex-Eagle guy, Andrew Berry in Cleveland. Doesn't have his first round pick. The Sean Watson trade that's gone. They got yeah. a two, a couple of threes. Uh, by the time day two is over and done with, we're going to go. Browns has added some talent to this team. Or are we going to go, uh-oh, Deshaun Watson better be the greatest quarterback of all time. Otherwise, the Browns aren't making the playoffs this year. What yeah. do you think about Andrew Barry in Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, they, they, it, it'll be fascinating to see how their, you know, the draft philosophy that the analytics folks love to talk about or whatever, whether it truly holds up in the second round, you know, where the pool is slimmer, you're not picking at the top. There's this whole idea of you got to have this this really high athletic spark score. You've got to be, you know, below a certain age, 22, you know, 21 and a half years or younger, what have you. And, you know, you've got to have this, this and that measurable wise respective to your position, you know. And so far, it's kind of held up, you know, through the, the, the day one, day two picks. But I'll be curious, without a first round selection, does that kind of affect things? They could use a defensive lineman, I think. I think they still need a receiver. Uh, you know, I would think they're still on the lookout for a versatile offensive lineman. Um, I've heard another tight end, maybe. I mean, I, they, they've secondary, they've done a good job of addressing, so maybe that's a, a luxury pick there. But, yeah, obviously any team without a, a first-round sh- selection, it's going to be a little harder. But the, this year's draft, I mean, like you guys said, it's there's not a lot separating the top 20, 25 players, in my opinion. And that means there'll be first-round type talents in uh, in round two. So at 44, maybe they get a – uh, you know, a, somewhat of a scheme wrecker on the defense or something like that and, and do pretty well for themselves. Eric, you brought up an interesting point. I started to focus on a little bit more. There's a lot of older prospects in this draft because of, of, of the pandemic and guys getting the extra year. Absolutely. How, how much have you heard teams around the league talk about that? Guys being a little bit older, if you're going to be 24 versus 21. Yeah. 
How, how was that sh- shifting decisions? In- yeah, pretty much any BYU or, or Utah prospect I've noticed this year. Some <laughs> of the mission guys, you know, they I see some. Tw- I saw a twenty six in this year's class. That was uh, you know, Britton Covey. I want to say is like yeah. twenty five. You know, whoever. But um, w- one other factor too is that, technically speaking, in terms of numbers, this is one of the deepest drafts in NFL history. Yeah, because of all the guys who who stayed in school from the exterior eligibility. So. I suspect, not to get away from your point, but I suspect the undrafted ranks are going to be stronger than normal this year, whereas in, in 2020, they, they were you know, a little bit leaner because there were no pro days and guys didn't know exactly what they were picking, stuff like that. Um, but as far as the age thing, yeah, it, it's a little harder to find those 20-year-olds going to turn 20 at some point in the next six months. Felt like last year we had more of them. Um, you know, The 21-year-olds as rookies, that sort of thing. It's a factor. I'm sorry. It is not a end-all, be-all factor. If you tell me that there is a generational talent who happens to be 23 and a half years old, and you're going to pass on him for a guy with upside who just happens to be, you know, 18 months younger, I'd say you're kind of dumb. I'm sorry. Like I just don't. Like I get it as a tiebreaker, or as a you know, a, a one element in your scouting report. Sure, it makes sense. I get it. You know, but and the younger you reach your prime, seems to suggest longer, better, more productive careers. But I mean, outside of Cleveland and Minnesota, is it really like a prevailing, you know, thing? I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out tonight. I, I need your opinion on one more player. John and I kind of talked this through sure. earlier in the show. Evaluating Georgia defensive talent. John's line of thinking why it was difficult was, hey, they lose guys like Jermaine Johnson. I know. Because they're so deep and so talented. They can't get them all on the field. So how can you determine how good they are? I say they were so good this year, three and outs on most possessions. Yeah. You can only ac- accumulate so many stats if you've got the other team punting after three downs. We know how talented the defense is. Jordan Davis, a kid the Eagles are certainly focused in on. Could he come down to 15? Would they have to trade up to get him? He only played like oftentimes one down. Right, they, they get a sack on first down. Oh, it's second and 15. Jordan, get off the field. You're, you're supposed to be playing against the run. We see how athletic he is. We saw what he did at the combine. His uh, ability to make plays was handicapped by different things that John and I alluded to. How good is this kid going to be when he gets to pros? Yeah. Finds the right spot. Is he going to be a three-down player, a two-down player, a Pro Bowl player, an all-time player? a big guy who eats up two blocks and never does anything else other than give us your scouting report on Jordan Davis. And there's a value there too. And I, I love the point about the Georgia defense. It's hard to evaluate just how good are these guys when everyone is a, is a future star, right? I mean, it, yeah, it's amazing to see what they, they had in 2020 and then what they had this past season. And, you know, I mean, they had six draft picks on defense last year, right? Two, uh, one late second or one late first round or one early second, I think. And, I mean, you know, just unbelievable. And to think to lose Johnson to Florida State as well. But, you know, Jordan Davis was, I thought, really eye-opening in 2019, disappointing in 2020, and then again, eye-opening this past season. And, you know, the stats are pretty meager, as you guys pointed out. What does he have, like 13 tackles for loss in in 40-something games, right? Um, You know, there's a stamina issue, no question about it. You you cannot ask this guy to to play 60 snaps a game. most defensive tackles don't play that much anyway. Uh, only a few rare ones do, like Aaron Donald and whatnot. 
I, I think he's going to be that first and second down guy. I don't think he's going to be a part of a two-minute defense, right? You don't want him huffing and puffing. At the end of that SEC championship game, I thought he was going to throw up on the field. You know, he was out there more than he normally is, and they were just getting killed. They had to keep him out there. And, you know, it just wasn't pretty. He also isn't a huge penetrator for all these athletic skills, right? I mean, you don't see him – you see him moving better laterally than you do getting knifing into the backfield. Occasionally he'll overwhelm the, the, the guy offline, but he's just like – He's not the unstoppable force. He's the immovable object, in my opinion. So, you know, he's going to be scheme specific. He's on different than the Eagles have had at that spot. But boy, I mean, what a what a game changer he could be. You know, I mean, it really does open up some real possibilities. And I mean, Nick Saban raved about him. He's gotten a lot of love from the right people in the NFL. I think, or in the scouting. <laughs> I just, I he's he's a tricky one, but those skills are unusual. He really is. You know, if he can live with the playing 25, 30, 35 snaps a game, he could be special. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore Ed Home. Read him at Yahoo Sports, sports.yahoo.com. You can read Eric's uh, mock draft. I see it up there, his final mock draft. I'll leave you with this, Eric. Yeah. Um, Edge Rusher has been a big deal here in Philadelphia. So the top four we talked about, Hutchinson, we talked about Walker, no shot there. Yep. Probably one, two. Then there's Thib- Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson. We just talked about the former Georgia player transferred to Florida State. Those are the top four guys. How quick do you have them coming off the board? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it really is going to be tricky to figure out, you know, how, where the third or fourth ones go. I mean, obviously, there's still some debate about what happened. Actually, fourth and third, fourth, fifth, for that matter. Um you know, there's still some debate. How about how the Lions use that pick? But okay, let's assume that that Walker, Hutchinson, and Thibodeau, you know, are off the board in the first four or so selections. Now Thibodeau could go a little later. I don't know that Jermaine Johnson lasts very long. I don't think he's getting to the Eagles. Let's just put that out there. You know, then you have a decision of do we think George Carlaftis is worth a first round pick? Some people would say yes. Others a little less enthusiastic. You know, Logan Hall's gotten some late buzz as a kind of a big base end, maybe more of a five technique, but he can kick inside too. And then on the other end, Arnold Ebiketti, you know, not too far from you guys. I think has has warmed, you know, some some evaluators' hearts and to the point where where he goes maybe a little higher than the people expect. There hasn't been that late buzz on him though. So I think he might slip today too. So it's kind of a no man's land, yeah, where they pick. And I would think that if they really, really like something, they're gonna they're gonna have to be prepared to move up. But I think you know that that may not happen unless some receivers. So you know, day two guys like Dominic Robinson from Miami, Ohio, really like him. Kingsley Angabari from uh, South Carolina, I think he's really gonna be good. Do you take a chance on Ojabo? You know, because knowing that he's gonna be out for a while, you know, that's gonna be a fascinating landing spot too. I mean, there, there's there's some good talent here, but I think it does stretch throughout the draft. It just feels like where the Eagles pick right now is, is a little bit of a, a, a barren uh, area for that, for that value wise. All right. Maybe the most important question we'll ask you today, as I know you are on top of things because you're as good as your job, but what you do, they got weather issues at the draft tonight. <laughs> Winds blowing 20 to 25 <laughs> miles an hour. It's scheduled to be outside. It may have to be moved inside. If they try and weather the storm, Will Roger Goodell's hair look more oh. like 
Jerry Buss, <laughs> Donald Trump, or Mel Kuyper couldn't move it in a wind tunnel, even right. if you tried. What is the big Rogers hair going to look like? You know what I'm. You know what I'm picturing, guys. You remember? I'm sure it wasn't a great memory for, for Philly people, but when Jimmy Johnson won the Super Bowl, and you know, I don't remember who it was a Leon Led or somebody tried to mess up his hair. And it, <laughs> it took some real digging, right? Like I, I'm almost wondering if, if Roger has some really expensive New York product that just kind of keeps it like <coughs> tight, you know, like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Like the, the the old uh, leather glove, you know, like a baseball glove, just sitting yeah. on his head. I, and he can't get Mel's advice. Mel's not going to be there. That's right. Mel's, Mel's remote. That's yeah. right. Mel's yeah. remote this year. So yeah. uh, I don't. I don't know. I I'd love to see it just kind of flap up like a like a trap door, though. That would be where 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 Jody and I can help. It's not going to move. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's not going to move. Guys, you can see my uh, widow's peaks here. You, I'll yeah. be joining you in a couple of years. I think. <laughs> yeah. At some point, yeah, she will join us. But uh, yeah, you got years to go, buddy. You, you're trailing us. You got a big time lead over us. You may not be Roger Goodell or Mel Kiper. I'm to blow a lead or two, boys. I'm not the fastest guy. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Uh, great stuff. Appreciate awesome. you coming on board. No, it's going to be a busy day for you. Thanks for carving out the half an hour for us. Sorry, it took a little while to hop on. Love you guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Appreciate sir. it. That's Eric at home. Does a great job for Yahoo Sports. And John Menson, his final mock is up there. Um, even more interesting. Find your favorite guys uh, after today's proceedings. I'm always interested going into day two. They, day one, everybody does their research. Everybody knows their players, except for Malik Willis. They all come from major universities that you had a chance to view on TV. Day two, you got to pay attention to the guys who know their stuff, who know the guys who are going to slot in, and it's a little bit tougher on day two than it is day one. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about day two, but we got to still put a bow on the show for today's Birds 365. Is the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles, IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser, the official beer of the Philly sports fan. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to look. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Coming back to put a bow in the show here on Birds 365. Don't forget, um, big media draft show down at Oceans tonight. Uh, the guys will get it underway right around 8 o'clock when the first round begins. Eagles not going to pick till well after 10, maybe 11, unless they trade up, which is the beauty, and that's why you got to be ready to rock at 8 o'clock because you never know what Howie Roseman's going to do when the Eagles are going to make their first selection. All right, John, here's what we're going to finish with today. We get one guy. Right now, the Eagles have two picks. Will they use both? Will they trade up? Will they trade? They may end up taking three. Maybe they jump back into the bottom of the first round. Maybe they go back down. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll go back down. Um, But uh, we've got to wait. We each get one guy to select that the Philadelphia Eagles will take, whether it's trading up to take, whether it's sitting tight at 15, sitting tight at 18. Dropping down to get someone in the 20s. Give me one player that you believe will be a Philadelphia Eagle by this time tomorrow. I'm sticking with Jordan Davis. I I think they like him. Um, I think they could get him. I think it's more palatable to go up a couple spots and going all the way in the top 10 because I do think you have other needs. You don't want to give up too much. And Maybe they got to give up 101 to go up a couple spots. I, I think they'd be willing to do that. Um, I'm, I'm sticking with Jordan Davis, even though there's a lot of Jamison Williams uh, hype in the past 24 hours or so. I'm going to go with the other wide receiver that Eric Edholm just mentioned. He had Jay- Williams and Wilson, Wilson and Williams. He had Wilson on top because of the Williams injury. But if Williams had been healthy and not getting hurt, he would have had Williams ahead of Wilson. There isn't rumors floating out there about Jamison uh, got Wilson going in the top 10, which I think could be what happens. And that's why he won't be available to the Eagles. So I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I like it. In my Eagles only mock draft on SI.com, I have two sort of separate ones. I said a trade up would be Jordan Davis. At 15, it would be Garrett Wilson. I put Garrett Wilson because I think Atlanta is going to take Drake London. I don't know why, but I think they're going to take him. Uh, Jamison Williams probably going to go to the Jets. Uh, uh, Chris Olave 
uh, for some reason, the Washington commanders are in love with him over Garrett Wilson. I think there's a good chance that the Eagles just stay put that Garrett Wilson falls to them. And that would be a nice pick. That would be a nice pick. Just stand pat, take him, keep that 101st pick. I wouldn't be upset by that. So you've got Davis. I've got Wilson. We'll see if either one of them land in Philadelphia. We will be back here tomorrow analyzing the snot out of round number one and previewing rounds two and three. It is the entire draft weekend. It gets underway at 8 o'clock tonight with us here on Jacob Media down at Ocean's AC tonight. Yeah. Get the car. There, drive down. Theoceanac.com. Everybody's going to be there except me and Jody. But you got <laughs> Seth Joyner. You got Mike Quick. You got Derek Gunn. You got Rob Ellis, Devin Caney. Um, and a lot of fun at the Ocean AC. So you don't got to sit around and wait for the pay. You can have some fun in between. Theoceanac.com. If if you got an easy day, head down now. Get your yeah. get your gamble on early, and then settle in for the Eagles draft show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Partner, uh, I say we do this again. Oh, we'll have plenty of content tomorrow uh, at uh, eight a.m. when we kick this bad boy off in two and two. It's the biggest, most important draft in the history of this Philadelphia football franchise. The Jacob Media Sports 2022 NFL Draft Special. Live on 6ABC.com from the Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Presented by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. IBEW Local 98, Stateside Vodka, United Healthcare, Mesa Law, 6ABC, and Budweiser. The official beer of the Philly sports fan. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.